Good morning, everyone. Welcome. It's so good to see you, and I'm really glad to be here. I gotta, I gotta tell you, um, I, I get the privilege of uh, traveling all over the world and speaking and working with leaders and all kinds of things. But I'm a little nervous this morning because this is the first time I've spoken publicly in England. So this is a first for you and a first for me. So uh, thank you for your warm welcome. It means a lot. And uh, I've been getting to know uh, Leon over the last several years, and it's been great building this relationship. I'm so grateful for it. And uh, I got to meet Allison last year. Leon's been in our home. Uh, he met my wife, Susan, uh, many times, actually. And, uh, and, and it's really great to have this kind of relationship and this kind of camaraderie. And I just want to say to you guys, uh, again, I get to work with all kinds of groups and leaders all over the place, and I don't get to say this everywhere. Uh, it is a great privilege and an honor uh, to be part of a church with great leadership, people of integrity, people who genuinely love you, love God with all their hearts and all that kind of stuff. Uh, can we just take a moment to give a hand to the leaders here at Life Central and just honor them with that? So, It's really a big deal. So, uh, And thank you for sharing, Leon, with us at times. Really, really appreciate that. So, so today, uh, we're launching a brand new series uh, called Habitudes. And, and, and so if you're first time here, uh, this is a great time to be here because we're all starting together. In a sense, we're all new because we're all starting this series together. Nobody knows a whole lot more than you do if you're new here. So we're kind of all in this together. So you are welcome and wanted and uh, today what I'm going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce the series, the first half of this message, and I'm going to talk about one of the habits that will help us uh, become the people that we really, really want to be. Oh, by the way, uh, yesterday, um, uh, Chris Turner picked me up at the airport and uh, took me to Stonehenge. He was, the other day, he was like, where do you want to go? I was like, I want to go to Stonehenge. And he's like, why do you want to go see rocks? And then we went and saw it, and I thought, why did I want to go see rocks? And uh, we went out there and looked at it, and it's kind of cool, has this thing. But, but part of the reason I was, dis- I was a little disappointed, I have to be honest, I was a little disappointed because in Texas, we have our own version of Stonehenge out in West Texas, and so I want to show you a picture of our Stonehenge. It's called Cadillac Ranch, and you can go there on Route 66 in Amarillo, Texas, and you can see the USA Stonehenge. It's just a little more colorful, you know what I'm saying? So anyway, uh, we had a great time. And so let's just talk a little bit about habits. You know, um, all of us, whether you know it or not, all of us have habits in our lives. And some of our habits are good habits, and some of them are not so good habits, right? And then there's habits that we know that we have, and there's a whole bunch of habits that we don't even recognize, we don't even realize we have those habits in our lives. But our habits determine who we will become. The habits you choose today will determine who you become tomorrow. And so it's kind of good to figure out, do I have some habits? And like I said, some of them are not the greatest habits. Like uh, my youngest daughter, Sarah, I don't know how it is in your family, but in in our family, uh, our youngest gets to say, I don't know how this happened, but she gets to say whatever she wants, however she wants to say it. Like, she says stuff that the other kids wouldn't dare to say. So, so she, we're sitting around the table one day recently, and, and she, uh, she looked at me, and she said, Dad, you have this really bad habit. I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, well, you just have this really bad habit. So what do you mean? She goes, well, whenever you are in a conversation or some people are talking and you don't like the way the conversation is going or you want to interject something or you want to change the direction of the conversation, you do this thing with your throat. 
And I was like, what thing with my throat? I, I said, you mean like I just kind of go, <clears throat> something like that? She goes, no, no, no. You don't do, <clears throat> you go, <clears throat> and I was like, you have a bad habit of exaggerating, Sarah. That's what you have. And, and so I think we have a picture of them. They were, her and her husband, Patrick, were out with us. And um, we had a great time over the holidays. But, but she does that. And, and I have a friend uh, named Maggie. And Maggie, uh, she likes to tell stories. But whenever she's telling a story, she has this habit where she, when she's telling the story, after each phrase, she says, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? And you ever had somebody do that? Like, they say, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? And you're like, yeah, we know what you mean. And so she's telling a story. And she's like, so yesterday we went to the store. You know what I mean? And, and we took the kids with us and they were kind of rambunctious. You know what I mean? And, and we got inside the store and we couldn't find the thing that we went to get at the store. You know what I mean? And then we, we just left. You know what I mean? And we're like, yes, we know what you mean. Yes, we do. We know what you mean. And I told her one time, I said, Maggie, do you realize that every time you're telling a story, you finish a phrase, and then you say, you know what I mean? And then I said, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? And I just, I just, this thing, you don't even realize you're doing it. You say these things, and you're like, what is going on? My wife has a habit, and it's actually a really, really good habit. It's a really good habit. Every time, here's the habit. Every time that we talk or have a casual conversation, maybe we just talk on the phone for a few minutes, maybe we text something or whatever, or we're talking in person. And even if it's a, if it's a hard conversation or a, or a good conversation or a difficult conversation or a not-so-difficult conversation, every single time, at the end of the conversation, she says, hey, I love you. Every time. And it sounds a little bit cheesy in a way because it's like, really, every time? Yeah, every time. Every time. And the power of that habit is that every time she does that, we just reconnect a little bit. And it reminds us what our relationship is really all about. And, and you know, I've kind of picked up that habit, though. I didn't even realize I had picked it up. I picked up that habit. And so uh, a while back, I was talking to one of the ladies on our senior leadership team. I called her on the phone. And, uh, <laughs> and I had to leave a voicemail because she didn't answer. So I call her. I leave this voicemail. And I, I get to the end of the, my message that I'm leaving. And you don't know how you guys are, but toward the end of the message, I kind of lose what I'm saying. And I just kind of go into blah, blah, blah mode. And I get to the end of the message. I'm thinking about something else. And I go, so anyway, and I love you. I'll talk to you later hit the red button, and I went, I just told this lady I'm not married to, I love her. So I called her back real quick, and I'm like, hey, I just left you this message. At the end of it, I wasn't thinking. I was just kind of moving on, and I said, I love you, and I didn't mean to say that. I mean, I do love you, but I don't mean it like that. I don't love you like that. I don't, you know, and I was like, okay, I got to go. Mm, bye. <laughs> this is what habits do in our lives, right? We have these habits, right? We don't even realize we have them. But here's the thing. Here, here, here's what a habit is. You, you want a definition for a habit. A habit is a consistently repeated pattern or behavior. A consistently repeated pattern or behavior. And in this series, we could spend the whole series talking about all of our really bad habits. Like we could just go through. Each week we could just talk about, well, here's a bad habit that everybody does. And at the end of every message, we could say, now stop that. Don't do that anymore. And we go to the next message, we do the same thing, and get to the end and say, now stop doing that, stop doing that, stop doing that, and stop doing that, and stop doing that. But here's what I've learned. We as human beings, we move toward what we focus on. 
I mean, think about it. If I tell you right now, okay, stop thinking about pink elephants right now, what are you thinking about? Pink elephants, right? Why? Because we move toward what we focus on. If we focus on all these bad habits, we end up moving toward those habits. So what we're going to do is focus on some good habits, habits of Jesus, actually, that will make us more like him. Because here's what I've learned. It's a whole lot easier to start a new good habit than to stop a bad old habit. And if you, if you put enough good habits into your life, some of those old habits, those old bad habits, there's just not enough room for them. There's just not enough room. And you begin to focus on who you want to be. Because here's what I believe to my toes. I believe that the more like Jesus we become, the better version of ourselves we become. The more of his habits we instill into our lives, the better version of ourselves we begin to become with our lives. And the habits you choose today will determine the person you become tomorrow. So our habits really matter. They really, really matter. Now let's think about that definition. You know, it's things that you do consistently or repeatedly. And I can hear some of your brains working right now. You're like, I don't do anything consistently. I don't, I don't do anything. I, I, I don't think I even have any habits. I don't do anything consistently in my life. So, so I'm going to say this. I beg to differ. And, and let, me just, let me just prove it to you. I would be willing to bet a whole lot of someone else's money that before you left the house today, you brushed your teeth. I'm just betting that you brush your teeth today, and I bet you probably brush your teeth pretty much every day before you leave the house, or you do something to help that stuff, you know, that gets in there. And, and so anyway, how many of you before you left the house today brush your teeth? And if you didn't, put your hand up anyway, which helps help us out. Yeah, because I don't want to talk to you if you didn't put your hand up. But, but it, so we have these habits like this. In fact, how many of you got dressed before you left the house today? Anybody with me? I don't see any naked people out there. And I would be willing to bet that you get dressed with some kind of clothing before you leave the house every single day of your life. Every day. I'm just betting you do that consistently. And all of you who drive, I'm guessing that you have a habit, unlike me, of driving on the left side of the road. I have a habit of driving on the right side of the road. So yesterday, when Chris Turner picked me up at the airport and we went to Stonehenge, wah, 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 uh, we went to Stonehenge, I had to clinch several times because I was like, he's making a right-hand turn into the left lane and we're going to die. Ah! Because this habit is ingrained in me. We all have habits in our lives. And the habits we choose today determine the person we become tomorrow. And when you choose the habits of Jesus, you become the best version of yourself. And I think we all really want that in our lives. I think we want to be the best version of ourselves. I'm guessing you're like me and we're not quite there yet. So we need some habits in our lives to help us get there. So today we're going to talk about the habit of growth, or you might call it personal growth, or if you've been in the church very long, you might call it discipleship, or you might call it transformation, or whatever, but this idea of growth in our lives, this idea that we need to move forward, and to get there, I'm going to take you to a passage from Luke chapter 2, verse 52, and uh, this passage is in a story about Jesus' life when he was growing up, 
And, and let me just set the story up a little bit so you'll know what the, the, the passage is about. So in Luke chapter 2, uh, Jesus is about 12 years old. He's growing up in his parents' home. Uh, he's growing up in the home of Joseph and Mary. And um, his parents, Joseph and Mary, have a habit, an annual habit that they are committed to every single year. They take the trek to Jerusalem every year to the Feast of the Passover. They celebrate the Feast of the Passover. They're, they're, they're the Jewish people, and they, they do this, and they celebrate the deliverance of God of the people of Israel out of Egypt and all this stuff. Anyway, they do this every year. And, and like how, even how it is today in most developing nations, people were really, really communal. And unlike us in the West, we're really, really isolated. They're very, very communal. And uh, so these people went, they would go, they would leave their hometown, and the whole family would go, all the relatives, all the friends, they would all go together and make this trek to Jerusalem. And then when it was over, they would leave. And so this particular time when Jesus is about 12, Joseph and Mary left Jerusalem and headed home. This is going to help you if you have parent guilt. This is going to help you feel better. So, uh, so they left Jerusalem to head home, uh, <laughs> and they left Jesus behind. They lost the Messiah, okay? I'm just telling you. They lost the Messiah. Then they head home. They get all the way back home, a whole day, or they get all the way a day's journey away, a day's journey out, and they realize they're looking around camp, and they're like, oh, my gosh, Jesus is not here. So, so, so they, they have to go all the way another day's journey back. So two days have gone by. They've lost their son for two days. And they get all the way back to Jerusalem, and they look for three days to find him. This is five days that they've lost Jesus. And so they finally find him in the temple. And, of course, Jesus is a good Jewish mother, and she scolds her son really well and says, what are you doing? Why did you do this? And Jesus is like, well, I had to be about my father's business and blah, blah, blah. And, and Jesus is in there answering questions and asking questions and engaging. And people are like, wow, this kid is amazing. And, uh, and Mary scolds her. And after Mary scolds him, then, uh, then Luke, the writer of this gospel, makes this commentary, and he says, Jesus goes home, and he obeys his parents, and in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, it says this. It says, Jesus grew. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Now, some of you might be thinking to yourself, I thought he was God. Why did he have to grow? I don't get it. What's the deal? Well, he was but he was fully God and fully man. He was fully God and fully human. And the human part of him needed to grow and develop and mature and become all that it was intended to be because one day he would have to mature to the point where he would give his life for us. I mean, think about it. What is maturity? Maturity means that I'm more concerned about others than I am about myself. That's what maturity, maturity just means I, I'm not just, like if, if, if you're a parent and you're raising your kids and you're like, all you do is think about yourself, you're so immature. That's what we mean by that, right? You're just thinking about yourself. And the more mature you are, the more you think about others, the more concern you have for others around you. That's what maturity is. That's why I always say uh, age is inevitable, maturity is optional. Can I get an amen on that? That's just true, right? Like I know 19 and 20-year-olds who are way more mature than some 30, 40, 50, 60-year-olds that I know who are still focused on themselves. So, so Jesus needed to grow. He needed to learn. He needed to develop to become this person who would one day spread his arms wide on a cross and take all of your pain and all of your shame and all of your regret and all of your sin onto himself. 
and speak these words, even in that moment, not thinking of himself, thinking about others, to say, Father, forgive them, speaking of you. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So Jesus had to grow and mature to become this kind of person. And if he didn't engage that growth, he wouldn't be at the place he needed to be so that he could do that, that he did for every single one of us giving his life, taking our shame and our sin and our pain and our regrets unto himself and forgiving us freely. So how do we do this? How do we grow? How do we become more mature? How do, we, how, do we, how do we take the next step in our development? How do we engage this habit of growth in our lives? And so what I want to do is I want to give you some ways to do that. But to set it up, let me, just, let me just share this story from my own life. So several years ago, my wife Susan and I, we were going along. And it was one of those seasons in life where, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever had this happen. I bet some of you husbands have. But I've, I've had these times where I'm thinking, man, everything's great. Our marriage is great. We're doing good. It's awesome. And then your spouse comes to you and says, uh, no, we're not. Anybody know what I'm talking about? No, we're not. You think we're doing good? We're not doing good. And so this was one of those times I thought we were doing great. And Susan comes to me and she says, hey, uh, I need more of you. And, of course, I'm a guy. So I'm thinking, this is a great conversation. Great, baby. I'm all in. Let's. And she goes, no, no, not that, not that. I need more of what's in you. I need you to share more of me with you. Because you're not. The truth is, you're sharing at the surface. You're, you're, sharing, you're sharing what you want to share with me. I, I want to hear about your fears. I want to hear where you're struggling. I want to hear what's going on really inside of you. I want to hear about your, your walk with God. I want to know what's happening in there. And I'll be honest with you, when she said that to me, I was like, what more do you want from me? That's what I was thinking to myself. I didn't say it out loud, thank God. I said, what more do you want from me? That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, what more do you want? I'm, I, I'm paying the bills. I'm taking care of the kids. I'm taking care of you. I'm doing the thing. What, what do you want? And I had to go away and think about it for a few days and pray about it. And I thought, you know, man, she's right. There are things I'm not sharing with her. And here was my thinking. The reason I'm not sharing those things with her is because I want to protect her. You know, I don't want her to have to carry some of the things I have to carry. I want her to know some of the things that I know. I don't, I'm not sure she can handle it, which sounds so egotistical when I say it out loud to you. And I was praying about it, and I actually felt like God spoke to me. And I felt like what he said was, you know, Keith, you, uh, you think you're doing this because you're protecting Susan. The truth is, you're not protecting Susan, you're protecting you. Because you don't want to have to deal with her response. You don't want to have to deal with her emotion. You don't want to have to deal with what she might say or how it might affect her or impact her. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. You're right. And because I, I've been leaning into this habit of growth in my life for quite a while, I was like, oh my gosh, I gotta change this. And I start sharing my life with her. And it was hard at times, and it was rough, and it was challenging, and there was a lot of emotion, all that kind of thing. But we would work through it. And I can tell you honestly, our relationship is in a place it was never before. It has grown so much. There's so much closeness, there's so much intimacy, there's so much togetherness because of this habit 
of saying, you know what, I'm going to grow. Even when it's hard, even when I'm not sure about it, even when it's difficult, even when it's painful, I'm going to lean into my growth to become the best version of me for the sake of everyone around me. That is growth. That is maturity. That is part of what it means to follow Jesus. And I really believe that all of us want to be the best version of ourselves, but the only way we get there is to fully embrace and engage the growth that God is calling us into. Because if we're honest, none of us are there yet. None of us are the best version of ourselves. We're not fully where we want to be. So how do we do that? Let me give you three thoughts here real quick. If you're taking notes, you can write some of this down. But three thoughts about how do we actually engage this habit of growth in our lives. And the first thing is this. you got to take a risk. you got to take a risk. And here's why. Growth requires change. And change is always risky. If you're going to grow, you've got to embrace risk because growth requires change and change is always risky in our lives. Now, here's the good news. The good news is without risk, there's no passion. So in other words, if, if I want to have passion in my relationships, I want to have passion in my life, I want to have passion in my walk with God, I've got to risk some things. I gotta take some risks along the way. That's why Hebrews chapter 11 says, without faith it's impossible to please God because unless, because faith requires risk and if we never risk, we get bored. Sometimes people come to me and they'll say, you know, I'm just, I'm just, my relationship with God is just kind of dead. It's kind of stagnant. It's kind of boring. I don't know. It's just nothing's happening. And the first question I always ask them is this question. When is the last time you took a risk with God? When is the last time you took a step of faith? When is the last time you stepped out there to do something that if God didn't show up, you're going to fail? It's going to be a disaster. It's going to be a mess. Because if you're not risking, there's no passion. You know, that's what happens in so many marriages. There's no passion. If you're sitting here and you're like, man, I got no passion in my marriage or my, even, my, even my relationship. I got no passion. Well, think about it. When you first met that person, you had lots of passion. You know what I mean? You were like, you're just so in love. You're like, I love you. I love you too. I love you so much. I just can't stand it. I love you more. No, I love you more. You're so passionate. Why are you so passionate? Because you are risking your heart every single day. You're putting it out there and saying, here, just crack it wide open if you want to. I'm just giving it to you. And if there is no passion in your relationship, I will promise you this. One or both of you somewhere along the way decided to stop risking your heart. And the moment you stop risking your heart in that kind of relationship is the moment your passion begins to die. If you're going to grow, you've got to risk. Because growth requires change, and change requires risk. Here's the second one. Here's the second one. I've got to ask for help. This one is excruciating. Can we just be honest? This is excruciating. No, we don't like to ask for help. We want to be independent, right? We don't want to ask for help. In fact, that's the whole goal in Western civilization is to be independent. I want to be independently wealthy, and then I'm successful, right? So we don't want to ask anybody for help. But the truth is, if I'm going to grow, i got to get some help because I've got these things called blind spots. You've got blind spots. I've got blind spots. You know what? I don't know what my blind spots are. You know why? Because I can't see them. <laughs> that's why they're called blind spots, right? And you can't see yours. 
And the only way I'm going to get where I need to go is to ask some people around me to help me see what I can't see to get where I need to go. But we so struggle with this. And you know why we struggle with it? It's a real simple word. It's spelled P-R-I-D-E, pride. I don't want to ask anybody for help. But here's the deal, guys. God is so clear in the scriptures. He opposes the proud, but he gives grace, favor, his blessing to the humble. If you want to get God on your side, you want to have him working for you, you want to have him working with you to grow and to become all that you're supposed to be, it requires humility. So if you, if you don't, if you look at your life and you're like, man, I need to grow in my relationships or I need to, I need to become better at business, I need to be better in my business, you got to ask somebody to help you. Look for somebody who's a little further along than you, somebody who's doing it a little better than you, somebody who's got something you don't have and say, hey, would you help me with this? Would you help me get there? Because I can't get there on my own. If you're in a marriage that's stuck, look around. There's probably some people a little further down the road than you in their marriage. You can say, hey, would you help us? Ah, that requires so much humility, doesn't it? But that's the only way we grow. So we got to take a risk and we got to ask for help. And number three, we just got to get started. We just got to get started. You know, a lot of times we're waiting for all the stars to align, everything to work out perfectly. But Ecclesiastes says, if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. Isn't that true? It's never perfect conditions. So, so if you wait for perfect conditions, you're going to just keep waiting. It's just not going to be perfect. You just got to take a step. You just step out and do it. You got to step out and go there. Step out and, and just say, you know what, I'm going I'm to start growing. This is an area I need to grow in my life. I'm just going to take a step. It's a sim- and it can be a very simple step. You say, for example, like, you say, man, I, w- I want to I start to honor God in my finances. But I got all this debt. I got all this stuff. I got all this thing going on. I, can't, I don't know what to do. And you just take a step. Well, I can't give 10%. Okay, that's okay. Give 2%. I don't know. Give some. Just say, you know what? I'm going to put God first in my finances. I need help in, in, in this area of my life. I want to be more successful in whatever area it is. Here, here's the thing, and this quote is not original with me, but, but this quote is so true, guys. It's so true. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. If you want to grow, if you want to move forward in your growth and development, you've got to be willing to do some things that other people just aren't willing to do. That's the only way it works. You want to become a better teacher, you've got to be willing to do consistently what other people just do occasionally. You want to be a great parent, you've got to do consistently as a parent what other parents do occasionally. You want to follow Jesus with all your heart. You've got to do some things consistently, habitually, that other people do occasionally. That's the only way we find success in any area of our lives. If you want to grow, you want to become more mature, you want to see outside of yourself and not just at, see yourself, you've got to be willing to do some things consistently other people only do occasionally. And that's how our lives change one habit at a time. And you and I, if we're really honest with ourselves, 
we're not everywhere we need to be yet. And the moment we're willing to admit that and humble ourselves and say, man, I need to grow, and then begin to take a risk, ask for some help, and then just get started, our lives begin to change for good, for the better. We become a better version of ourselves. But only if we engage. So I want to pray for you. Can I pray for you? Father, we just come before you right now and thank you that you have our very best in mind. God, thank you that you want us to be the best version of ourselves. Thank you that you want our relationships to be better. You want our relationship with you to be better. You want our finances to improve. You want our career to improve. God, you want us to be better students. You want us to just move forward in our lives. So, God, would you help us? to engage growth consistently in our lives. We ask you for your grace in that. We ask you for your help in it. We need you. I just want to pray this prayer with you. and could you just for a moment, just, just, you can say this in your own heart. God made you. He can hear you. But just kind of repeat this after me. Just say, Jesus, just in your own heart, Jesus, I recognize my character is built on the habits that I choose. Please help me. Help me to lean into the habits that are vital to keep me growing into the person you and I want me to be the version of me that looks most like you God help us we need your grace if you're here today maybe you've never given your life to Christ maybe, you, maybe you've been away from him and you're coming back Or I just want to encourage you to just tell him that use your own words, but just in your own heart, just say, Jesus, man, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for spreading your arms wide on that cross, taking all of my shame and all my sin. Today, just like you gave your life for me, I give my life to you. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for calling us to yourself. May our lives reflect how good you are. Jesus' strong, life-changing name. Amen. Thank you, guys.